You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner to English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of a compilation of lectures entitled The Festivals and Their Meaning by Rudolf Steiner. This is the 25th lecture in this series. It's number four in the Michaelmas section, entitled The Michael Impulse and the Mystery of Golgotha, Part 1, given at Stuttgart on the 18th of May, 1913. In order to describe the supersensible events which are of special importance for the time in which we are living, we must remind ourselves that all life in the universe is involved in an ascending, intensifying evolution. If we follow the evolutionary path of man, we find him first as he was endowed in the beginning, in the old Saturn period, and we find him penetrated by a new element in the old Sun period, still further developed in the old Moon period, and in the Earth period endowed with the fourth element, the ego. And we know, moreover, that in the Jupiter period, his soul forces will take on such a form as will make him comparable with the beings of the hierarchy of the angels. Now, just as man advances and ascends in his evolution, so do the other beings of the different hierarchies proceed from lower to higher stages. Not only the human hierarchy is subject to this ascending evolution, but also the hierarchies which are above mankind. From among these hierarchies, let us take the one which stands two stages higher than man, the hierarchy of the archangels. As I said yesterday, many reasonable people are prepared to accept it if one speaks of spirit in general. But if one proceeds to classes, orders, individuals, as one does in speaking of plants, animals, and other spheres in natural science, then the educated man of today feels hostile. But we must do so if we wish to deal with the spiritual world in a real and concrete way. If you will look at the lecture cycle I held in Christiania on the evolution of the races of mankind, you will see that this evolution is connected with the hierarchy of the archangels. The successive epochs of mankind are subject to the primal powers of the archai, the spirits of personality. Now, if we take the most important beings in the ranks of the archangels, we have names which we have met with in other connections and which we can use like other names, Raphael, Gabriel, Michael, and so on. We can call these beings by such names for the name is in no way the essential thing. We give them names in the same way as we name other things. This plays a certain role in what we find as facts of supersensible evolution. Our physical evolution is, however, dependent upon this supersensible evolution. As a matter of fact, we can distinguish scientifically between the separate beings of the hierarchies of the archangels, not abstractly by mere name labels, but by seeing how a principal impulse in civilization 
which appears in the outer sense world in a particular part of the earth, in, for instance, the first Christian centuries, is governed by a different being from the one who directs the principal impulses of civilization in the 12th and 13th centuries, or from the one who directs the cultural evolution of our own day. Let us, for the moment, confine ourselves to what relates to our own epoch of civilization. We have to distinguish quite sharply from other epochs the period which began about the 15th or 16th century and which received its character from the rise of the new natural science. This epoch brought natural science to the height it attained in the 19th century, a greatness which cannot be sufficiently admired. When one surveys the work done by humanity as a whole in natural science in these centuries, one sees that it has been accomplished by certain people who are guided from the supersensible world by one particular being from the hierarchy of the archangels, and that this being is quite distinct from the one who is now directing from the supersensible world the spiritual culture of the epoch which is just beginning. From the Christian era onward, one can point to different beings who have guided the progress of civilization. Without wishing to lay stress on the names as such, I will enumerate these beings, just as one mentions the names of people who have taken part in something on the physical plane. The names which have become customary in the West for the beings of the hierarchy of the archangels, who have in turn controlled the progress of civilization, are Oriphiel, Anael, Zachariel, Raphael, Samael, Gabriel, and Michael. Gabriel was the guiding spirit in the cultural epoch which came to an end for the spiritual world with the last third of the 19th century. For then, and this is a fact that will become more and more evident, an epoch begins in which quite different impulses and impulses flow from the supersensible into the sense world. During the previous period, human souls were bound to what the senses observe and what the mind can grasp. In the coming period, people who do not wish to sleep through the progress of evolution will need to become aware, above all, of the increasing influx of supersensible wisdom and knowledge from supersensible worlds into the evolution of our earthly sense world. One might give the following external description of this process. In the period of evolution that is now past, the supersensible beings were fully engaged in directing as far as possible the forces which can flow from supersensible worlds into man's earthly physical body. The hierarchies had to prevent these forces from flowing into the human soul. From now on, however, the supersensible forces will be so directed and guided from the supersensible world that as much as possible can flow into the soul, so that a knowledge of imagination, inspiration and intuition may take hold of the human soul. The truly living impulses in the civilization of the coming epoch will be as charged with inspiration and intuition 
as the preceding epoch has been lacking in them and in all knowledge of the spiritual. Fifty years ago, it would have been impossible to speak to people about the things which, through the necessary course of world evolution, I can now speak to you about. At that time, it would have been impossible to receive these things directly out of the spiritual world. The door has only now been opened. The times that are past were the most favorable for the development of the intellect. But the immediate future will be most favorable for the development of inspiration and intuition. Two epochs of time meet sharply at this point, one which denied all inspiration, and one in which, although mighty forces will undoubtedly use every available means to fight against it, inspiration can be received, can become the determining element in the mood and character of the soul. And if we investigate further, we discover that the supersensible forces which did not flow directly into the soul in the past epoch, were by no means inactive. What an external physiology cannot prove is nevertheless true. In the Gabriel period, the supersensible world was at work in the world of the senses, in man's physical body. During that period, delicate structures arose within the front part of the brain and were gradually implanted into the reproductive system. Thus it came about that the majority of human beings were born with the brain possessing other and more delicate structures than was still the case in the 12th and 13th centuries. That was the special task of the age in which man turned his mind to the physical plane of the senses and was shut off from inspiration. The impulses of the supersensible world poured themselves into the body and developed these fine structures in the brain. And these structures will continually increase in those who feel capable of progressing to active thinking and to an understanding of spiritual science. In our epoch, at the very beginning of which we stand, supersensible forces will not be used to form structures in the brain, but to work in the soul through imagination and inspiration to flow directly into the human soul. That is the meaning of Michael's leadership. So we distinguish between two archangel beings, one who guided man immediately before our time and worked upon the structure of the brain, and one who now works upon us and has to let stream into the human soul receptiveness for spiritual wisdom. Thus we can divide from one another, the beings who belong to the hierarchies of the archangels. In these two examples, I have tried to present to you specific attributes and characteristics of these beings. We shall not content ourselves with names, for even as we know nothing about a person, if we merely know he is called Miller, so we know very little about Gabriel, if we only know his name. But we do know something when we can say a person is compassionate or has done this or that. And it is the same when we can say of a supersensible being that he causes forces to flow into man's physical body which can instill certain structures into the power of propagation. And when we can say of another being 
that he helps to stimulate the power of intuition. Michael does not work so much for the spiritual investigator, the initiate himself, but for those who wish to understand spiritual investigation, for those who are endeavoring to develop active thinking. It is for these that Michael will work as these forces accumulate in mankind in the coming centuries. This transition is an important one in another respect. Through the forces which become available to it, humanity is developing to the point at which in future incarnations it will have an inherent, genuine capacity to look back on previous incarnations. But the human race must first give itself this possibility. One cannot remember something one has never thought about. If at night you take off your cufflinks without thinking, and without thinking put away the links, then you cannot find them next morning, because you had not thought about them. If you had taken care to impress upon yourself a picture of the whole surroundings where you put your cufflinks down, the next morning you would find them immediately. If this is true of memory in ordinary life, it is no less true when we lift our gaze to the wider horizon of different earth lives. We must remember the innermost core of the soul and what truly constitutes it. And to do so, we must first have comprehended the life of the soul. And that can only be done through occult training. If one has not troubled in an earlier incarnation to have thoughts about the nature of the soul, one cannot, of course, recollect them. Human beings will, in the future, develop a constitution which allows them to remember, but they will experience this constitution at first as illness, as a dreadful, nervous condition. For they will be constituted to remember past incarnations, and yet they will have nothing which they can remember. When a person has impressions which he cannot turn to account, organs in himself which he cannot use, then he falls ill. We are approaching this state of things. Mankind will develop this faculty of memory, but only those who have something to remember will be able to remember, that is, those who by means of occult training have recognized the special nature of the human soul's inward connection with the spiritual world. Once someone has recognized the spiritual nature of the soul, he will remember previous earth lives in his following incarnation. We are standing at an important turning point. To understand spiritual science means fundamentally nothing else than to have a true feeling for this turning point of our times. Now, not all the beings who belong to the hierarchy of the archangels are of the same nature or rank. When we speak of the hierarchy of the archangels, we can say that they, in quotes, relieve one another in the way I have described to you. But the highest in rank, as it were the chief, is the one who takes over the leadership in our age, Michael. Michael is one of the order of archangels, but he is in a certain way the most advanced. Evolution embraces all beings. All are in an ascending evolution, and we live in the era when Michael, the chief of those of the nature of the archangels, passes over into the nature of the archai.
He will gradually become one of the overall guiding beings, a spirit of the time, the being who leads and guides the whole of humanity. It is of the utmost importance that we should understand this. It means that something which in all previous epochs was not yet available for the whole of mankind now can and must become a possession of all mankind. The spiritual deepening which formerly appeared only among certain peoples here and there can now be available to the whole of humanity. And by drawing attention in this way to what happens behind the world of the senses, we can show that what takes place here in the sense world is an imprint or reflection of the event described of the evolutionary ascent of this archangel taking place behind the world of the senses. Until now, human beings have possessed personality. In the future, they will continue to, but in a different way. Man has always participated, to some extent, in the supersensible worlds. At any rate, he always could do so with his life of soul. But the personal note, the personal coloring, which he showed in his life, in the sense world, did not come down from above. It rose up from below. It came from Lucifer. It was Lucifer who gave us personality. Therefore we cannot enter the supersensible world with our personality. We cannot bring it into the spiritual world, but must extinguish it. Otherwise we pollute the spiritual world. In future, we will need to allow our personality to be inspired from above, so that it can receive what should then flow out of the spiritual world. A personality will receive its stamp from what it has been able to absorb of spiritual knowledge. Personality will become something quite different. In a sense, we have until now been personalities through what separated us from the spiritual through what the body impressed into us. In future, we must be personalities through what we are able to receive from the spiritual world and make our own. In the past, blood and temperament determined personalities, and into these personalities impersonal elements streamed from the supersensible world. Less and less will people possess a personality through blood and temperament, but through the character that each one acquires from participation in the supersensible world. The Michael impulse, which brings into the human soul an understanding for the spiritual life, will achieve this. People with a pronounced character and personality will in the future receive it through what they bring to expression from their understanding of the supersensible worlds. The Alexanders, the Caesars, the Napoleons belong to the past. Certainly the supersensible element flowed into them, too, but their highly personal coloring expressed what they received from below. People who are personalities through the way in which they bring the spiritual world into the sensible, people who bring personality from their souls into the life of mankind will take the place of the Alexanders, the Caesars, the Napoleons. The strength of human deeds will in future come from the strength of the spiritual influence working into these human deeds. All this is significant 
in the transition from one epoch to another. But the most significant transition of this time is that between the Gabriel and the Michael epoch. Even with ordinary sound human reason alone, we can come to an understanding of what has been said today if we are unprejudiced enough to observe our times and see how two possibilities stand in opposition to each other in the last third of the 19th century. The first possibility is to form a world conception based upon natural science. Today that is out of date. It has become antiquated and no longer lies in the character of the age. It continues because people simply carry forward what comes from the past. What lies in the character of the age is to construct a world conception by receiving and understanding the inspirations coming from the spiritual world. We must receive this into our souls as a feeling, as an experience. Then we shall learn to know what the anthroposophical world conception means for individual souls, shall learn to feel what evolution means for mankind. Then we can take part in things of great significance. And now I will remind you of something that I mentioned in the lectures I held here last time, the lectures in which I spoke of the change in the function of the Buddha. This is also the point at which the next lecture will resume, and this is from footnote, the title of the lecture set, Occult Research into the Life Between Death and a New Birth, on the 17th and 20th of February 1913. End of footnote. Today's lecture may close with a question, a question that can arise in every soul and that will lead us from the important considerations which have occupied us today to considerations of still greater importance. When Michael has ascended in his evolution, when he has become the guiding spirit of Western civilization, who will take his place? The place must be filled. Then it must dawn on everyone that some angel must also have risen in stature and must enter the ranks of the archangels. Who is it? I will close with this question, a question, as I said, that leads to still more important considerations which must occupy us in the next lecture. Today I wish to place before your souls the important character of this transition, the fact that those souls who can rouse themselves to activity will now be able to find an understanding for inspired truth. For that is the will of those who stand behind mankind, the guiding world powers of human evolution. And the expression and reflection of this within the sense world is that whereas during past ages temperament and heredity gave personality its individual coloring, in the future spiritual understanding will be the determining element spiritual understanding will determine the tone and character of human personality. It is important to understand this, and still more important to carry it out. From this point we will pass on in our next lecture to matters which can enter in a significant way into each and every one of our souls. The end of Lecture 25